Socket haters, Taylor Swift, Joe Biden, and the Kansas City Chiefs win Super Bowl 58. Everyone in America now has to be trans for a week. Sorry, those are the NFL rules. Today, we celebrate 20 years of Feast of Fun, the podcast Apple said helped pave the way to bring podcasting from an underground movement to a mainstream phenomenon. And to help mark our 20th season, we have a very special guest. Y'all need to calm down. Taylor Swift on the keys, E. Ross. Who else? Our friend Taylor E. Ross was the musical director for our original live show, Feast of Fools, and our first guest on the podcast where we talked about the Super Bowl commercials and the halftime show. Listen as we talk about this and all the sizzling hot news. Usher roller skates into our hearts during the halftime show. LA creates mini homes for struggling mariachi performers. And comedian Larry David chokes Sesame Street's Elmo on morning television. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Thrilled to celebrate 20 years of Feast of Fun, the pioneering show, the pioneering podcast that began as an experiment to draw attention to a musical variety show called Feast of Fools here in Chicago. On online radio show initially, Feast of Fun, the podcast's audience quickly outgrew by the, the live audience by the millions. And it's not a stretch of the say the show shaped the style of all podcasts to come. And to celebrate, we have a very special guest. Y'all need to calm down. Fresh from the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift on the Keys E. Ross. Yay! <laughs> you thought it was Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. Oh. Oh. I'm different, Taylor. I'm, I'm not into bears. <laughs> no? I'm not into bears. You don't no. like bears? I, as I get older, 20 years, we, how long have you and I known each other for a long time, Taylor? 19. 1998, yeah, quite a bit of yeah. time, yeah. yeah. And and so I met you uh, working. I was in drag, and it was a tour of the, the city of Chicago tour. of bars, gay bars in Chicago. It was a historic tour. Also the Gerber, yeah, the Gerber Hart House, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and many other uh, gay iconic, um, correct, yeah. Buildings. Any cruising spots? No. No, that's Not the tour yet. I want to take. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, and we were doing musical variety shows called Feast of Fools here in Chicago um, before the internet became a thing. And uh, I was like, you know, we really need a musical director. And Taylor e. Ross happened to be one of those. So we no, called I forced myself on you. The Timba Ross, <laughs> the music producer, and um, and history was made. And so we started this podcast. All also, also as a reaction to. Janet Jackson showing her nipples uh, 20 years ago, 20, mm. 20 years ago. And 19 years later, uh, here, Usher showed his nipples at the Super Bowl halftime show last, yeah, last night. <laughs> Do we have to show our nipples here? You can. You well, can. Okay. You got, if you want to. Here, okay. Here's right a nipple here. for you to look at. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one free on the house. Uh, yeah. Coco the gorilla, <laughs> who passed away during, while we were taping this podcast in the last 20 years, uh, used to was sued for sexual harassment by one of the handlers because she two had, I believe two because she insisted that she showed her nipples. Yeah. The the women human women would show a, a female gorilla who knew sign language her nipples as a way of bonding. 
because they didn't trust them unless they saw their nipples. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, Mr. Rogers or Robin Williams did not get asked to do that. Or maybe <laughs> they did. Maybe. You know? Yeah, because they famously met with Coco the Gorilla, the sign language oh, gorilla. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I, I remember that. And so, you know, in the last 20 years of this podcast, a lot has happened, and we are celebrating that today and also talking about the Super Bowl and other hot, sizzling, hot news. We have been talking about this stuff for a long time. Can Taylor. we talk about the old days? Yeah. With the Feast of Fools. Feast of Fools. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. how'd you get roped into Feast of Fools? Well, actually, uh, Fausto and I, at the end of that tour, we met at this bar called Charmers. Right. It was and the oldest gay bar in the northern United States, is right? Mm, I believe mm. so. At the time, it was the oldest gay bar in perpetuity because Stonewall closed and reopened in uh, New York. I do remember it had this beautiful blonde wood deco interior. Mm -hmm. That was there from the very get-go. Right, Yeah. right. And that's on the north side, Rogers Park here in Chicago, right? right? It's just, I think they took the a lot of the wall stuff, or the, mm -hmm. the deco, mm -hmm. and replaced it in another building next door to it, but that's mm -hmm. neither here nor there. You can cut this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so you're at Charmers, yeah. you're scoping so Fausto out, you're like, who's this beautiful woman? Yes, we're I was hanging. a beautiful woman at the time. He had blue hair with, you know, little butterflies. Uh, it was red hair, hair, actually, at the time. Was it red? I remember what I, I, remember what I wore oh, that day. I remember, it was one of two wigs. It was the red no, one. No, I'm remembering the, the blue yeah. period that yeah. you wore. Later on, I was Faustina. wearing a lot of blue. Yes, yes. Faustina. As a tribute to the Virgin Mary and to the... Amazonians and... And so... Amazon warriors, but also uh, to uh, the blue fairy in Pinocchio. Yes, who uh, helped uh, you know liars tell the truth and I had and actually men. I had actually yes. seen you uh, perform at um, at a club. What's, what's the bar? You don't on... need to remember names here. Just <laughs> talk about your feelings, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, Doug Stapleton was uh, doing at Links I, Hall. No, it wasn't Lynx Hall. What's the? It's on Sheridan near. Uh, uh, Did you take Sheridan your Hall? Alzheimer's medication today, uh, Taylor? Please, my, <laughs> I, I tell people yeah. that my brain is full. You know, I can't. you're like uh, Paul McCartney. Your memory is almost full, <laughs> or an old computer from that day. Um, but so you saw me perform at big a club. Chicks, big at chicks. Big chicks. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There it is. The coffee's kicking in. Okay. Well, that's the thing about it is like, you know, we started doing this podcast because it was expensive to put on these oh. musical variety shows, these performance art events. And um, everything old becomes new again. Right. Because now, 20 years later, I'm announcing on the show, I'm starting an OnlyFans account. Don't get too excited. It's not porn yes. <laughs> yet, but it, ha it will have nudity in it. Um, that's why we're putting it on the platforms of Just for Fans and OnlyFans. And it's going to be basically a series of videos and photographs and podcasts that are more sexually explicit or have nudity as a factor in it. So it's something that we can't put on these channels, obviously. And it's for pay-per-view or play-per-view, and it's going to have a lot of performance art in it. So basically all the crazy shit that we used to get away with serving alcohol in bars in the 90s and early 2000s, we're going to be doing again now with our sagging <laughs> bodies um, in this day and age and also inviting uh, your people. Yours isn't. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So in, in the meantime, uh, in the last 20 years, I won a bodybuilding show. Uh, the silver uh, medal for silver folks and classic physique master's edition this past 
Christmas. Believe it or not. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> and, and a lot of interesting thing happened to you and, and to Mark in the last 20 years. Um, Mark and I got married. We adopted a dog. How many it, years has it been? Uh, too long. Since no. we got married, it'll be uh, 10 years. Because yeah. you guys have been together since 98, 99? 99. We met in 99. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I said, uh, how many? And I know where. Uh, every nobody does. Oh, well, yeah. then it's no secret. So where did we meet, if you really know? Yeah, if you're Mr. At Expert. the Eagle. We met at the Eagle. That's Not exactly Not the New York right. Eagle, the Chicago Eagle. <laughs> and I met you out on the street. We were with Fausto, and uh, you were hanging out. I forget where you were sitting. You that were was sitting another outside. time. That yeah. was another time. Yeah. And I, about a week into meeting you, I said, will you marry me? You asked me in the first five minutes. Really? Oh, oh, yeah, well, at who At the bar. Everybody <laughs> says that when they meet you. <laughs> You have that. Well, wind. Mark's a very handsome man. Well, thank you. But also a comforting person, too, mm. you know. So it's like my, uh, you know, Mark and I balance each other out really So well. what is the secret of your relationship? Uh, make stuff together, you know. And I tell this to all young couples and old couples, too, you know. It's like if you want to be happy with somebody, you know, it's like you can't fucking shop till the day you drop. Ugh. Uh, you have to, you know, raise children or, or have a parental-like love for creative projects and you know um, many in many ways our dog and and this podcast and our friends are are our children and uh mark and i i love mark more than ever you know oh thank you I love and you valentine's too. day is just days away just, you know oh i learned an yeah. interesting fact the other day yeah. so february 14th is a big restaurant night mm -hmm. yeah. but apparently february 13th is a big restaurant night do you know why? Why? That's when the guys take out their girlfriends. Oh. Or their mistresses. Their mistresses. Oh, or really? Their gumas. The side pieces. <laughs> yes. Is this like a real fact? Like uh, mistresses get taken out? I heard it on the night uh, NPR, you know? Well, it's got to be true. I worked in a restaurant once <laughs> in my hometown, and this guy comes in with his woman, right? And she leaves her umbrella behind, yeah. right? The next day, the waitress, he comes in. And he thinks she thinks it's the same woman, and she's just like, "You left your you left your umbrella behind." The woman takes the umbrella and just starts hitting him over the, the head with it until he gets out the door. And we're like, "Well, I guess they're not coming back again." That actually happened. Yeah, I just and you that actually story. watched that. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds like a like a you know Larry David it's episode like, yeah. of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Without a doubt, you know, it was hysterical. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh huh. Have you guys been watching Feud? Capote versus yes, the Swans. I have been watching it. Yeah. 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 I watch as much as I can, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm on episode three, I think. Yeah. Right. It's where they had the big black and white ball. I'm not there yet. So I just finished episode two, I think. Okay. So he didn't get invited to Thanksgiving dinner and everything. He's crying. Oh, yes. He gets beat up by his boyfriend, all that kind of stuff. Yes, the delicious. Yeah. I mean, it's just wonderful. He, what a great Truman Capote he is, huh? Yes. You know, so like, you know, Taylor, because you're a little bit older than us. So uh, Truman Capote probably loomed a little larger in your youth. I but remember like, seeing I, him on talk shows. Yes, I remember seeing him on talk shows, too. But, not, you know, and being delighted by him and, and whatnot. But I think it was uh, I was just a little too young to grasp, like, how much in the zeitgeist he was. He was a weirdo media personality. You know, he would have been great for podcasts. Great, oh, yeah. great yeah. stories. And he talked with a strange, uh, you Southern know, accent, he, yeah. A, a voice well, that sounds sounded like helium being letting out of a balloon. You right, know? right. And yeah. it's what made me probably not 
identify as gay. <laughs> he kept people in the closet. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing that, like, you know, for us doing the show, a lot of our young listeners say that it credited with them being able to come out of the closet because it was the first time in history that a gay couple was in the public eye. I mean, we got emails when we first yeah. started doing this podcast saying, like, I can't believe I'm listening to to gay people talk on my computer. Like, I don't even know any. I've never met a gay person in my entire life. Yeah. And now I'm hearing, like, people talk and having these conversations. And, you know, for a lot of people, they say it was life-changing. And, and for a lot of the young listeners that came of age listening to the show and have now in relationships with themselves and s- starting to have children or adopt children... To me, it's like those are my grandchildren, you know, in some ways. So it's like it's very beautiful to see, uh, you know, people that we help had a profound impact on grow up and have their own families and, and continue. And so we're like we live on in those people. And it's so beautiful. The love so that dare not speak its name now cannot shut up. <laughs> so yeah. what, what, what did you like about uh, Capote? Uh, I didn't know about. Uh, all of those uh, society women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew about uh, the Paleys, you mm-hmm. know, because he was head of CBS. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's this very surreal world of expectations and wealth that we have now. But what I find interesting is is that when he exposed their secrets in uh, Esquire ma- magazine mm-hmm. in an excerpt from uh, a book that he'd been working on from 1966 till the end of his life, mm-hmm. um, he exposed secrets that people just did not talk about. Mm. Didn't talk about affairs, murders, you know, and all of these things. Today, it's just commonplace, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but you still get blacklisted. I believe there are people that have completely blacklisted us because they feel like we put them on blast. But it's just like, uh, I just read what you wrote on Instagram, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, or things that are also out there. Well, there, but there's so many more outlets for mm-hmm. this information to come out, whereas, you know, it's very, uh, you know, small, you know, it was either newspapers or radio or television, and there were only, you know, three networks, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was very... Well, it's also easy to dismiss someone like Truman Capote because, you know, in some ways he was somebody who was struggling with alcoholism. He was drugs and drugs and uh, and isolated himself and, you know, had a different idea about his own sexuality and gender identity. And Mark and I are a different generation. And so when people came for us the way they came for Truman Capote, we're like, no, wait a minute, baby. It's like. You know, you're not going to be able to pull that shit on me because, one, you're being sexist. Two, uh, you know, when I party, (laughs) I'm not going to be doing out in public, you know? Right. And three, it's like, fuck you. You know, it's like uh, I have my own agency and I'm I'm my own human being and I can make mistakes and learn from them and listen to each other. And so people ask me, like, what has the 20 years of podcasting been for you? And it's like it's it's idea of listening to the guests, listening to the audience and listening to my own conscience and standing up for what's right. And one thing that we've uh, unfortunately seen is, you know, the rise. We, we were interviewing civil rights activists all around the world fighting for LGBTQ equality in Africa and Latin America and Russia. And, it, you know, the, what we were warned early, early, early on that shit Russia is like with Vladimir Putin is – turning its eyes to the West and trying to get revenge for what he sees as the de- decimation of the USSR. The decadence of the West. 
Well, he's he's thinking that, you know, he can pull a fast one. And in some ways he has um, black list blackmailing Republicans and and sort of uh, making strange alliances with oligarchs all around the world. And and we started seeing that just we were getting spammed by Eastern Bloc countries on our site. And then we started having this uh, gay rights activist uh, who was fighting for equality, for pride. Um, you know, you had Right Set Fred and Elton John participating in uh, demonstrations in, in was it Moscow, wasn't it? Mm. And, you know, so, since then, we it, now we're sort of seeing how, you know, right-wing uh, disinformation and, and certainly, you know, Vladimir Putin and other oligarchs are, are trying to destroy democracy around the world. And so I'm very proud of the fact that we've been able to, one of the best things in the internet, one of the things that's usually most isolated, with the exception of right-wing themed shows, is podcasting. And if here you, we are 20 years later still doing this. If you control the information, you can control people. Well, podcasting requires people to sit down and listen to each other. And it's a commitment. Horrible people don't like to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is sort of like, you know, we're carrying on the work of Mr. Rogers and, and um, Jim Henson and so, uh, Carl Sagan and all, you know, Julia Child and all these wonderful people who, you know, made our lives better through public television and public radio as children. And now we're able to sort of expand on those ideas and speak to so many people. And, you know, 20 years later, there are millions of podcasts that are our, our cousins, our grandchildren, our, our siblings in, in the way we think and the way we present. And Apple, uh, Apple, the company, um, the podcast directory, just a couple of years after they started their podcast directory, celebrated Feast of Fun as a pioneering show that helped to shape the world of podcasting. You know, one yeah. of the things from the Feast of Fools shows, mm -hmm. the, you, you turned me on to a lot of things that I sort of knew about, but never really got into. And one of them was the music of Fred Rogers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, they hold now a special place for me. Because uh, a lot of people don't re remember those songs and what the meaning of the song was, is fearlessly be yourself, accept yourself as who you are, that your feelings are just as important as the flesh, your your physical body. And, you know, your your you as a human being are worthy of being loved unconditionally, no matter what. And those are very, you know, LGBTQ equality ideas, ironically. And, you know, Fred Rogers sang about, you know, your body is fancy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just really like it's such a good choice feeling. of word. Yeah. To, it's such to, a good feeling. Such a good feeling mm, to know that ever. we're friends. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you brought a lot of, you were, how old were you when you did the, when we did those shows? Twelve. No. <laughs> okay. So I was uh, barely uh, over the age of 20. You were under just 30. out of high school. You were yeah. under 30 or you just became, at one point, right around there, you got 30 and Why are we talking about that? My age of this <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So uh, the point is, like is that gotcha you, drew, yeah. you drew on many of these childhood influences of music uh, that you had experienced yeah, as a young, uh, young person. And stuff that I had an experience. Like I was never grew up watching H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff or the Bugaloos, but we loved all those. Uh, we got those shows on VHS as adults and we started watching them. And we were, of course, you know, stoned out of our minds. And we we're like, this will make a great drag show. <laughs> right. But you, you brought yeah. a lot of, you know, yeah. you rewrote uh, the lyrics to a lot of those uh, songs, songs. Yeah. And yeah. we 
did them, yeah. you know, as opening numbers or just numbers in uh because there was uh I mm-hmm. I kept saying to you, hey, you got this great opportunity between these acts, uh, or we have all these variety acts between that. Once you put a little storyline to link kind of everything right, together, right. and so you did these little. It was very plays. meta, yeah, yeah. So, so it was that idea. They were really that, great. That we were sort of scripting the idea of the show being <clears throat> a play. Right. And, you know, in hindsight, it was a lot of work for oh, a was, one yes. or two night performance at the most. And, and you know, like everybody donated their time for the experience and the glory. Uh, nobody made any money except the drummer, the musical director, maybe. But <laughs> the only musicians people, always have to get paid. The only two people that got paid was the drummer and the musical director. No. And the and the uh, sound person. That was Fabrice, it. Fabrice, Fabrice, and Fabricio yeah, in the yeah. uh, in, at Shubas, but you know, and 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 we had to pay the venue, we had to pay for uh, marketing, and and so all this expense just became overwhelming, and we're like, well, let's just start a podcast and and bring a lot of those you know elements into a podcast. At the time, it was all audio blogs; it was solitary people talking about their day to day things, and we're like, well, why don't we? Make this a grander, bigger experience. Right. Can we? Can I circle back? Yeah, yeah. To something. You want to talk about Truman Capote some more? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to yeah. talk about OnlyFans. Yeah. Yes. What am I going to learn by subscribing to? Well, this? they're not learning nothing. It's a, it's an adventure. It's <laughs> Is a, it just all a visual? I'm or? still even working on the on the name of it. You know, so I don't want to announce it just yet. But the subtitle is a a mm. gallery um, or a menagerie of delights to stimulate your senses and inspire your spirits. And Mark's it, sounds like, it sounds like a Feast of Fools tagline for sure. <laughs> it sounds like a live Is show. Is there going right to be there. cooking with lesbians? Uh, it will be cooking with porn stars. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Ooh. So you'll was, be naked cooking. Because here's the thing. Like, don't you like, worry about splashback? Maybe. Just don't cook bacon. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know, like uh, crushing videos is a big thing. Uh, when people step on crunchy things like... Potato oh. chips, you know. I, I promise, Foster, I will do some balloon sitting. Yeah. Oh. I'll sit this, on nude. Balloons. You know, this nude is an extension sitting. of the cake sitting yes. that was at we'll Feast. Be, we'll go on and back. Everything old is new again. <laughs> Reinventing. 20 years later, we are going on OnlyFans. Sooner or later, you're going to have to sell it, said <laughs> Nomi Malone. Was it Victoria Showgirls. Lamar that you got yeah. to sit on a cake? She was a, so it was a drag queen named Victoria Lamar, dressed as Ann Coulter, the right-wing pundit, uh, showed up at oh. a celebration. Our, 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 it was our first meet and greet. Meet and greet. At Clark's on Clark's, which is a 4 a.m. bar, which is no longer You mean now. Coke's on Clark. Yes, Coke's on Clark's. <laughs> and now yeah. it is a, a dispensary. Uh, so a, it's marijuana a, dispensary. a marijuana dispensary. And we had a meet and greet. And, uh, you know, I... I think a lot of people were surprised that some people actually showed up. We had somebody come in from California. We had people from Indiana, people from downstate. They're just like, yeah, I want to meet these people. It was very, remember, this is 2005, and it was very early in the There was uh, no days Facebook, no Twitter. No, uh, YouTube had just gotten started. Mm. And uh, so nobody was posting things on YouTube even alone. And so, to have an internet phenomenon happening in a bar with about, what would we say, 50 or 75 about, people yeah, showing that. up and, you know, clamoring for mm-hmm. their uh, love for the show uh, really shocked uh, people, members of the press that showed up for it. And they were like, I didn't expect anybody to show up. And so we we had two cakes made, one that looked by okay. Keith. Keith by Keith, Keith, yeah. yeah. And, and we were just like, we had made a plan. So with Victoria Lamar dresses Ann Coulter, and people knew what Ann Coulter was. And I think some of the people were drunk. 
So they didn't realize it's not Ann Coulter for sure. It wasn't the real Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter. So we're coming out and we're like, here's a, ke- a cake to celebrate. I think it was like one year of our podcasting, right? And Ann Coulter comes out and s- snatches the cake from my hands, throws curses it. Us, the- curses, curses us. Curses us. Yells at us. <laughs> puts it on the ground. And and starts smashing on it and sitting on it she just, with her butt. And, and, and sat butt. on it. Yeah. 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 And she's like, ooh, it feels so good on my honey. And people are just like, again, they did not yes. expect oh, it. God, they were yes. just, and they were mad because they were just like, I wanted a slice of that cake. <laughs> but then I said, oh, thank God I made a backup cake just in case. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that cake actually wasn't even really edible. It was no. like a, yeah, t- t- like a jewel sheet it, cake that said, we t- yeah. happy bar mitzvah, Marvin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looked lovely and stuff, but it was he made it like, inexpensively and cheaply and you know without all the stuff because you weren't going to eat it yeah so then we brought out this really nice cake and everybody had a good time and it, it was great and you know through the years we traveled around the country and we uh you know in mickey's in west hollywood there was like about 300 500 people that showed up shave king this is before rupaul's drag race came along you know and and so people who are queer who are doing things on the internet had this built-in audience. And so whenever they made public appearances, it was very much of a thrill. And also it was thrilling to go to tech expos. It was it was thrilling to go to an Apple store for software release because there you would get to meet people that you were friends with on MySpace. You know, so you were people you were following their blog, you would see them there. You're like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Now now you know when software updates happen, it's like who the fuck cares? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's like right. we live in a very different world right now, and I think you know with the rise of virtual reality and augmented reality, it, it is a that's part of my it's getting my wheels turning, and I'm like let's bring back some of these really transcendent, powerful experiences that we had in performance art and theater, and and make it available for a global audience on these platforms that allow you to be naked. That allow you to, you know, be juicy and weird and w- weird for weird's sake. How much are you going to charge? Uh, that is to, to, more <laughs> to come. More to come. More to come. How much can you afford? What's your budget? What's your budget? Um, so this tell is us a, fresh, off the, fresh off the uh, experimental back burner. Yeah. So you brought yeah. up RuPaul. Yes, RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. And when we can started, I go, yeah, can yeah. I go on a rant? Yeah, okay. you you're, 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 you feel RuPaul's Drag Race done fucked up drag. Well, I, I'm going to go back even further. You said I could touch the yeah. third rail on this show. What's so, the third rail? Well, you know, saying things that you know uh, hurt are not get you canceled. Not, I get me canceled. Like I'm. If, if, if Trump can't get canceled, you can't get canceled. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Joe Rogan is like rich now, and he's like, oh, he, making money, hundred million. He spews all kinds of hate speech and rhetoric and misinformation. So I was like, I'm not losing any sleep. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> so you yeah. know that I've worked with mm-hmm. many people who wear dresses on stage, not of their uh, cross dressers and trans right, folks. Right, right. Yeah. And I yeah. and I first got involved yeah. with the radical fairies in Chicago and learned about. You know, and these are people that would dress in women's clothes. Yeah. And now we see it everywhere up and down uh, Clark Street here in yeah. Andersonville. But back then, that was just very, very, very strange. And then I started working, getting involved with Queer Nation. People didn't it, have a frame of reference yeah, right. at the time for drag. And, and so it was and, shocking for people. Right. And yeah. there was a term that they used back yeah. then called gender fuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what RuPaul described her drag as. Right. Yeah. 
And so with a capital F and capital G. Right. And then I got involved with Terrence Smith, a.k.a. Joan Jett Black, who ran Mm -hmm. for president in 1992. We had a band. And then I got involved with you. The not-so-secret service. The not-can't-keep-a-secret service. Can't-keep-a-secret service. Service, yeah. right. And I got involved with you and the many, you know, like JoJo and Silky, you know, who would dress up, you know, as otherworldly pe- people, sometimes female, sometimes not. Uh, and then I worked in a band called The Jones, which was about Joan Crawford and... Uh, the repudiation of her. What daughters. are you, Vladimir Putin? <laughs> You're like, shut up, Tucker. Give, shut up. <laughs> give us the whole twenty. Well, I'm just giving history you. of Europe. Why don't okay. you? Okay. So yeah. what my point is yeah. is that I've been involved for yeah. a very long time because I'm older. Yeah. Uh, with <clears throat> what's the third rail you're scared the, to talk well, about? I'm with just, drag. Yeah. So. You know, one one time I was coming out of the center on Halstead, which is the Chicago yeah. Gay and Lesbian Center, and they were doing drag in the in the Hoover Leppin Theater up there. Yeah. And then I walk out, and then there's Kit Kat Club, and they're doing drag over there. And then across the street, uh, what's the bar across? So the all the bars seemed like it. And there was drag. A, they were everything doing drag. is drag. Yeah, yeah, everything is drag, and I'm yeah. like, it's too much. You know, it's like everybody. Like, what was it, 10, 15 years ago, everybody was a DJ and they'd hand out flyers, come here, hear me spin. Well, now everybody's a drag queen. And now the drag queens are DJing, too, just so you know. (laughs) They all are. Yeah. Uh, RuPaul, Lady Bonnie, Trixie, all of them, they're all DJs. Boy George. Boy George. Yeah. Well, Boy George, Boy George was, is uh, going to be in... Uh, drag Race came along. Yeah. I think he's going to be in Moulin Rouge or something. The film? Again? The, the Broadway production. The Broadway production. Really? As what? I, the Showman, I think. Oh, well, that would, that, that would make sense. Yeah. But drag kind of is like mashed potatoes, you know? So it's, what like, I'm, it's, a great, it, it's a great thing to consume, and it's delicious and fun. But then when you build, you know, the Devil's Tower, a, a la, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that's a film reference. You, you know, you get a giant pile of mashed potatoes. You can't enjoy anything else, you know? Well, it, it makes it less special, I think. Well, it, it's it's, it's uh, too much of one thing, you know, and it's right. like uh, diversity is what makes the world a great place, and and we're starting to see, you know, yeah. the 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 queer uh, culture adjusting to that um, ubiquity of mm. gender in entertainment. I'll give you that though; it doesn't seem as thrilling as it yeah. was before, just because it has been everywhere. But you know, it's still political; it's still controversial. I mean, they're trying to ban it in some places, outlaw it. So there's still a lot to fight against. I'll tell you an anecdote. Okay. Maybe it'll be interesting if you don't like it, cut it. Oh, my God. (laughs) What are you, the editor now? (laughs) He's the musical director back at bossing us around 20 years later. So when I was, I think, 14, uh, uh, my parents, we used to do these trips for business for my dad. And one of the places they took us to was Laredo. Mm-hmm. And we Texas. went Laredo, Texas. Yeah. And that but we would go across the border. Okay. To Mexico. To Mexico. And we went to this one club. And there were four or five performers. And they were four of them were female and one of them wasn't. Ooh. And you had to guess which one was. And which. you had to guess which one was what. So I have had a long exposure to drag. And you even saw the crying game. And we're shocked. <laughs> You're like, I want you just to watch the movie Crying Game, but I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. And of course, the second you see Jay Davidson, you're like, I didn't know until oh the Oh my God, there's a trans character. 
Ooh, how shocking. Right. You know, and, and of course, you know, it was shocking at the time. And, you know, and, and I think as LGBTQ people, but especially drag queens and trans people and non-binary people come out of their, you know, closet, their, their privacy and into the public space, uh, there is a backlash. There's a reaction to all this stuff. And we certainly, you know, pioneered a, plenty of podcasts talking and interviewing to trans people and, and drag queens. And, you know, uh, people credit us with the early success of RuPaul's Drag Race with these podcasts that we had RuPaul and Lady Bunny and half of the cast on the show. And, and it, it gave us a series called Cooking with Drag Queens that got copied so much. <laughs> I don't know if we're not the original ones now <clears throat> anymore. You know, it, yeah. one other thing w that we did on the show was yeah. uh, we covered several Rocky Horror Picture Show songs. Yeah, Don't Dream It, Be It. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. what was the song that we did at Ida? The, the, I'm Going Home. I'm yeah. Going Home. Yeah, yeah. And it was a medley with uh, um, uh, Country Roads yes. from uh, John Denver. You have a thank yeah. you for your memory. Uh, <laughs> I have that in front of me. <laughs> but uh, it helps to have a computer to remember things. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting to think about today. How do how do people look on that film? Because when I I saw it, the Rocky Horror Picture out, Show, when know. it came out in seventy seven, you saw it in the theater. I saw it in before people started miming or you know mm -hmm. doing you saw the original run yeah, yeah on the late midnight uh showings at probably 76 77 something mm. like that and uh so it's interesting you know we don't say transvestite anymore we have to say trans those are characters to... those are the name of the planet but some and people but some people species. are trans are, are some, some people, people still say transvestite it depends on what the what the context is yeah, because I mean, some, some I mean, men dress as women for, just for a sexual fetish, right? Yeah, and that's what would you call them? Transvestite, you know, or crossdresser, or you know, and and the thing about it is, it's like our identities are never fixed, right? So Thank just you. the way that you know, Thank straight you. people are more queer, uh, queer people are more straight, you I, know, and 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 not in a way that's getting watered down, but I think in an, an enrichment of diversity. And so we we had a rainbow flag, but now we have uh, hundreds of flags and. You know, something that also came from the podcast that was a lesbian pride flag, uh, which was a reaction to Time Magazine's cover story of Cougars, the new sexual identity. And I made a flag for Cougars that also could double as a lipstick lesbian pride flag. And some lesbian bloggers on the Internet liked it so much. They they literally pixel for pixel took it off of our site and posted <laughs> it as their own. And that is why the lesbian pride flag is shades of red because of lipstick. Yeah. Another third yeah, rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your third rails? <laughs> is uh, So in Chicago, there's, uh, we, for, to explain people why, why third rail is some a taboo subject uh, is because uh, our elevated trains are powered through electricity and the third rail is a, is a electrified mm -hmm. and if you touch it, you die. Right? And that, so that's what Yes, yeah, that's what I'm that. referencing. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have to be labeled today. They have to have a labeled identity. And, you know, it seems, uh, and the labels are very confusing uh, to many Sapiosexual, people. Sapiosexual, polyamory. Demisexual. And it mean, yeah. and you can be the same thing 
and it can mean di- totally different things to two, two or but three I still don't people. know what an oral top is. People tell me they're an oral top, and I'm like, does that mean you're sucking dick or you want dick sucked? Well, thank you for cutting through the chafe. You know? <laughs> but, right? Because people will mean the exact opposite thing. Right. You know? So well, That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> my point is, you know, can't we just accept everybody and not have to have a label? Just accept people for whatever they're, no. they are or their I expression need is. I want to know you, what the fuck you are. Really? Yeah, tell me. I oh. want to know. Tell me. Share your don't, experience well, with me. But, but something they're me not know. ready to tell you because they don't know themselves. They better come up with a fake label then. No, but I mean, have the conversation <laughs> with them and learn about them without mm-hmm. having to have the label. What's wrong with the label? If I want to buy mayonnaise at the store, I want to know it's mayonnaise and not like ketchup. You know. Well, spread. I'm not. On, I'm not on the apps anymore, so you know it's not important. You haven't been on an app since manhunt. <laughs> a man cunt on your on your Dell computer, <laughs> hooking up things and sending. I'm photos. a loyal Apple <laughs> drone. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, are you gonna t- are you gonna buy an Apple uh, Vision Pro? Uh, no. Why are you not on the yeah. apps? Yeah. Daddies and grandpas are hot right now. Yeah, you could have a whole that, different sex life. That, yeah. Yeah. that sort of um, proclivity <laughs> has left the building. Oh, really? I don't care. You don't care anymore? And it's very freeing. Well, you could be a hugger-sexual, you know? I guess Someone I who's that. into hugs. I, would, I do that with the cat. Oh. So you like pussy now? Black pussy. <laughs> what is this, Showgirls? <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. I have reference. a black, that movie, I have a black cat. That movie, to- <laughs> that movie is like, it has been a touchstone of this podcast for 20 years, you know? And, and part of it is like it, a challenge for us is, you know, we are, we became the mainstream of podcasts for many, many years and we never lost sight of our countercultural roots. And I think like publicists and, you know, the status quo was always, has always been uneasy with us. Right. You know, and, and it kind of that's part of the reason we named changed the name from Feast of Fools to Feast of Fun was because like the publicist for uh, Dustin Lance Black's film Milk didn't know who um, uh, Harry Hay was, who inspired the what? name Feast of Fools. It was based on an essay. How by could him. you how could you not know? Your and he was a, a contemporary of Harvey Milk and, and somebody who, you know, was very much living in San Francisco and is part of Harvey Milk's scene. And so, so the idea that, you know, somebody where we're trying to get on the show, the publicist was like off put by the use of word fools. And, you know, subsequently we met Dustin Lance Black several times and he is like such a nice guy. So outrageous. So funny. You know, I went up to him and I'm like, look at me, look at me. I am the new Tom Daly. I am your lover now. And he's like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> and he gave me a kiss and it was like, I mean, just a really warm, funny, playful person. And, and to me, it, it, it broke my heart that, you know, we missed the opportunity to have a show with him and, you know, Taylor, uh, was it um, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga are also opportunities that we missed. But in the in the 20 years that we've been doing this, we also learned that, you know, Ultimately, people just want to hear us. You the, know, you know the thing, uh, yeah. I, you know, I like the name Feast of Fools because mm-hmm. the fool represents, you know, that which is outside the mainstream and can poke fun at the king or, yeah. you know, and, and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. 
But people and, understand and some, that. But that's some the cultures, function. But that's the yeah. function has been the function of many gay people yeah. too. Uh, without a doubt, but it's hard for some people to see it in that context. They think yeah. of a, a fool as a, just a stupid person, a foolish person, like Mr. T, I pity the fool. But that's the, fool, the that beauty kind of is the fool fools them. Well, it, people it, don't want to be fooled. They don't want to have their guard down, they, you know, yeah. and you want to build trust. You want to, And you want to make yeah. it focus on something fun and positive. And but, so, but like the fool yeah. in, in a court, you know, yeah, in a yeah. royal court. I, yeah. Believe me, I get it. <laughs> um, speaking of which, you know, we are celebrating. This is so we're beginning 20 years of this podcast. This is uh, our 20th our season. 20th season. This is the 20th time we've done a show about the Super Bowl halftime show where we don't wind up talking about the Super Bowl halftime show. But this year, um, right wingers were losing their shit because Taylor Swift has been dating uh, Travis Kelsey, a football player for the um, Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs. Because there's no. no. Oh, yeah. The, the correct Missouri. name is Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs. Right. I think they just call themselves the Kansas City Chiefs. Because there's Kansas City, Kansas. and the Yeah, Kansas but nobody cares about Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. It's Kansas City, Kansas, isn't it? No, they're, no. they're, 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 they're on the border. Yeah, it's Kansas no. City, Missouri. The wealthy the suburbs is on the Kansas side. Oh. But the city, you know, the old city is on the Missouri side. So the correct name is the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're also uh, referred to as the Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs to clarify the distinction between Kansas City, Kansas. I think Kansas. they all feel it's, you know, theirs. <laughs> equally theirs. Both it's a, it's two different cities, two different states, but share the same. So name. you're going to talk about this democratic, oh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. left wing plot to overthrow or to control the election because she's going to. Well, we've always felt like you know Taylor Swift may have been in the closet as a lesbian and she had you know fake relationships, but it seemed pretty genuine. Her not with that with her bear. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, what do you what, what do you make about? Uh, Taylor, first, let's talk about Taylor Swift's rumors that she's not a heterosexual woman. Well, I mean, she's uh, put, you know, like in her video, she's done some bisexual lighting. She's had like pride, like little things on her hands. She's featured some queer people in her videos. There's some of her fans say that, oh, no, she's very famously had a romantic relationship with this model who's a woman. So, you know, you hear bits and pieces here and there. She also did, the, you know, at her era's tour, she used the lesbian pride flag colors for at least some of it. You know, and that just might be her way of being like, hey, I endorse, you know, womanhood. Sisters are doing it for themselves. All that kind of it's stuff. It's a safe space. I don't know. But also, yeah. you know, she has a lot of boyfriends uh, that she's broken up with. They don't seem to last very long. So, uh, who knows? So do you think she's going to write a song about Travis Kelsey, like, in the future? Well, I, I assume she are, probably already has. And she did do a music Whether video. Whether it's recorded or not. A decade before she started dating Travis, where she's basically at the Super Bowl as a cheerleader, and she's dating one of the quarterbacks. Like oh. literally what we saw on television, she did in a music video a decade ago. So to me, I'm just like, I was like rubbing my eyes going, what's going on here? So, you know, the conspiracy may be that the fact that uh, Taylor Swift just likes bears and hunky, big, furry men. Who doesn't? You know, you know wolf. A little, uh, little yeah. side piece. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so they they uh, had a celebratory kiss and uh, watched. I, I imagine it would have been interesting for someone like Taylor Swift, who's a billionaire pop star, watching Usher performing on, you know, roller skates. Looking like a scene from Xanadu, <laughs> you know, with uh, Alicia Keys in, a, in a, a piano that's shaped like a hot, red high heel shoe. 
Like I'm thinking, oh, it was a marvelous production. Yeah, I'm thinking like what what she what's going on in her mind being like, boy, I'm glad I'm having this beer, sitting in the audience watching this, not sweating it on. Well, stage. she, well, she had to fly out that night to yeah. get to Japan to do a concert. No, she right? had been in Japan. Yeah. Oh. and then she flew back. Yeah, to Japan. No, I think she was going someplace. I think she was going to they went to Disney World. Or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now okay. that they won the Super Bowl, they're going to Disney World. I forgot where she's going next, but she was in Japan. She performed on the 10th, but remember they're a day ahead. So then she had to fly, and I think she couldn't fly to Vegas. She may have had to fly to like L.A. and then drive. I'm not sure exactly what her route was. There is a website, though, that tracks her where all her plane is going, and she's suing the guy who's tracking her plane. But, but that's public information yeah. for all private jets, yeah. just saying. Yeah. Just so you know, Taylor Swift. Really? Yeah. yeah. All private jets uh, with the Federal Ava- Aviation Administration, FAA. Uh, they have to make that information public. So, really? Yeah. You can know where Elon Musk's jet is or uh, Tim Cook's plane or anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So if there's a, if they have a, they own a private jet. She has two, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's how much money she has. And then Trump today is like, please don't, don't nominate, don't endorse Biden, please. He said like, that to her? Yeah, today on a tweet. And you're just like, lame. They just better be careful that they don't diss her because oh, she'll write dissing, a song. They're dissing her already. Yeah, the right-wingers well, are all saying keep that. Going, keep going because then she'll like, mm-hmm. There was a conspiracy that Taylor Swift was going to run into the outfield, in the infield or whatever, rip off her <laughs> mask and was calling Kaepernick, pull out an American flag and kneel before it. Now I'll show them. <laughs> And then and then endorse Biden and force us to be trans for a week. Trans for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, to me, I'm like, I I, I feel like I like uh, all the decadence, the extravagance. Like you know, you think about um, you know Michael Jackson or uh, Diana Ross leaving the the Super Bowl in a helicopter. You know, get to the chopper, Diana. It, it was just like, it, it's such a, uh, they they already hit that pinnacle of, of outrageousness. Lady Gaga, ju- you know, bungee jumping into her show. I don't even, like, I don't know if that was Lady Gaga or not. Like, sure it was. But how did she get from the top to the stage in like a second, you know? So it may have been a body double, who knows, but somehow that she did it. And so there was all these like technical elaborate feats, uh, Rihanna with those moving platforms, so it was kind of nice to see like a pop star going going back into, you know, the good old days of just doing music and giving them a show with sh- little showgirls, you know, in blue feathers. So I have some very young piano students who yeah. are, are female who love Taylor Swift, and I've sort yeah. of learned a lot of things about them, and you know, they are just mesmerized by her, and th- she oh, the has Swifties. like yeah, the, she's got them in the palm of her like hand. more than. 50% of the, the American population are, love Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. and She should run for president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, let me take a pay cut. <laughs> Who to wants, do what? Yeah, to, yeah. to do the head. It's well, it's like you remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor of California and then they started live streaming all of the meetings and he's like, I left the billion dollar entertainment career for this. Right. Water reclamation rights and shit like that. Well, that's one thing that I don't understand why Trump wants to be president again. To stay out of jail. Yeah, clearly. Well, to stay out of jail, but, you know, he doesn't want to do the work. It's ego. Yeah. He's trying to stay out of jail. That's pretty much it. And and conservatives want to usher fascism. So, you know, ultimately it's Vladimir Putin, you know, and his his boyfriend, uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker, 
you know, Tuck Her Carlson. It's like, you know, just uh, it, it, I don't know if you guys watched that that uh, Twitter in, quotations interview because I watched like a little tiny bit of it. You know, it, it's like uh, Vladimir Putin spent 40 minutes talking just, about the history of Russia and Eastern Europe. And it's just like. What the fuck does that well, have to do been, with anything? Russia's been fighting to to control the Ukraine for since uh, so the dawn of time. Yeah, for a long time. So oh, at the, least the war, the crimes that happened the uh, in the 30s in Ukraine, people starving. You know, the uh, the mm-hmm. uh, Soviets came in and took it all all their grain, and people uh, starved to death. You know, yeah. in the Ukraine, and uh, it, it's horrible. I heard in this interview that he blamed Poland. For World War Two, yeah, he, not Hitler, <laughs> and he compares. So the thing about it is like That's Russians, crazy. Russians think Nazis are people who don't like Russians. So he thinks Americans are Nazis. He thinks Ukrainians are Nazis. He thinks East, you know Europe are Nazis. They don't define Nazis as anti-Semitic people because they're anti-Semitic themselves. Right. So so when when, they, when you heard you know uh, Putin saying we're going to Ukraine. To root out Nazis, people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, against a Jewish president, you know, right? And and so when you think about it in that sense, then it makes more sense that why he's using the term Nazi to describe people who are uh, against his administration. More and, disinformation. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they just uh, they don't know. At the same time, he uses the you know he uses these terms interchangeably, so he's kind of talking both sides of his ass, you know, and he's. He's an asshole. You know, it's like uh, you, anybody who's like anti-LGBT equality and letting people live in peace is probably not a very good person and not somebody you want to tie your culture, your success or your your politics to. And and unfortunately, you know, that's what Russians are dealing with and have been dealing with for a long, long time. And You talk to shit, you know, uh, Russian Jews or Polish people um, about what it's like to be in Russia. And they were just like. This culture has a lot of, of obstacles, a lot of opportunities to grow. And Putin is, is more a symptom than it is a somebody who's, you know, the same way we blame Trump for our problems. Trump could go away and we'll still be dealing with these problems, you know. So we really have to invest in our education and our health care. And, you know, right now in Los Angeles, uh, mariachis are facing homelessness. Mariachis? Mariachis. What's going on? Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> <laughs> tell so, us, tell us. So, you know, the mariachis that you love at birthday party, Mexican piñatas and parties and, you know, Lindo Ronstadt's Canciones de Mi Padre are facing homelessness because the mariachi musicians, the industry is suffering because no one's having parties anymore because of COVID. Aww. And so they're they're out of work and, you know, they can't just go and play in a ska band, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or what, you know, so they uh, the city of LA has built all these tiny homes for uh, for for unhoused musicians, especially mariachis, and are like going to plazas where mariachis hang out and say, "Would you like to sign up and live in this home?" Because these are people who are educated. These are people who are not dealing with a lot of the broader issues that people who are unhoused mm-hmm. face after being homeless for so long. And so, and you know, and, and people that I know on the internet are like, why should mariachis get a free home? I have to pay for my rent in LA, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like. Become a mariachi band player. Yeah. Well, pick think, up the guitar, you know. Think of all the uh, musicians that 
you know, were displaced yeah. uh, from Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Mm. And they, you know. What happened they, to them? A lot of them left. They and left New Orleans. Yeah. they've And it decimated the culture there to yeah, some degree. Yeah. You know. And now they, uh, you know, now New Orleans is dealing with the Airbnb problem. Like people don't live there anymore. They just rent out their homes to people. Yeah. So it's a tourist trap, mm. you know. I mean, or it's a tourist-based economy. And when you have that, that you have problems, you know. And the Supreme and what Court. what rises, you know, yeah. home values uh, get expensive. So it's hard if you're, if you're not rich to live there. And now the Supreme Court is uh, looking into making it illegal to have a pillow and a blanket on the street. So what? Yeah, that's what they're looking at this week. They decided uh, to make it easier for cities to punish, imprison, or fine homeless people for having bedding on the street to protect themselves from the elements. What they need to do is provide housing for these people yeah. and why they can't and w won't do it, you know. Well, you know, and homelessness is not just about, you know, having homes available to people. It's it's a mental health issue. It's a physical health. It's a financial. It's a it's stability to people's lives. Yeah, it's it has many problems. And so one I would say, like, besides ho providing homes for people is providing health care to everybody. You know, Reagan uh, sort of huh. defunded uh, insane asylums and. You know, and like set them out on the street. He said, "Here, yeah. oh, that we can put them on medicine, and we can get them out of these warehouses." Well, and the warehouses were no good. What they're finding is that the best way to do that is to place people within the community and to give them community housing so that they're embedded in the community because you need that community support. These places that are you know stuck out in the countryside, um, they don't have necessarily the, the good resources because nobody wants. People don't live like that. They don't live in institutions. Yeah. They live in homes. They live in apartments. Right. And that's where people should live. And I'm seeing, uh, we're seeing right here in, in our area, you know, many- In Andersonville in Chicago? Uh, yes. Uh, uh -huh. uh, Venezuelans displaced, or, you know, have come across the border who have been, you know, dumped by uh, the Texas governor here in Chicago. And now they're having to beg in front of the grocery store and the- uh, the Walgreens and, and yeah, it's families, you know, parents with a small baby. It's, it's sad. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of them that do bring the children with them and, you know, it, it melts your heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, in 20 years, uh, you've the Jones and Joan Crawford and Joan Jet Black have been kind of a common thread for you. Yes. You know? My life with the Jones is what the name of my biography. Do you will think? Be. Do you think uh, that you know part of it is just gay men's fascination with the film Mommy Dearest is like a common thread with all those acts and phenomena? Like it's were gay men obsessed with Joan Crawford though before Mommy Dearest yes. came out though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think ever since like the women probably. And in the day. Mm -hmm. And yeah. whatever happened yeah. to Baby Jane, of course, is a drag yes. camp oh, masterpiece. Yeah. You know? A cult. A cult classic. Yeah. And did you know that Joan Crawford, because they were both making money, they had percentage points of, of the of the movie's success, right? Who? Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Oh, Whatever okay. happened yeah, to yeah, Betty yeah. Jane. Okay. So they got points, you know? The more people bought tickets to see the movie, the more money they got to take home. Joan Crawford was such a petty jerk that she, it, she cut off her nose to stab her face. She went to... <laughs> To the to the Oscars, uh, people who are voting, that was uh, yes because Betty or because uh, uh, um, Betty, Betty Davis, Davis was up, up in the running Oscar. for a nomination for Against a nomination. Olivia De Havilland was yeah. It? So so here Joan Crawford goes to all the voters and says, "If you're not able to make it to the ceremony, I'll be happy to um, take accept the award on your 
the nominees. The nominees. And please don't vote for Betty Davis. Right. And She's Olivia, terrible. And Olivia de Havilland could not be at the Oscars yes. and won. And Joan, you know. Stood up. Yeah. So she, and Betty Davis pointed this, one of the last things she said in her interview, which she, she said is like, Joan Crawford basically lost on millions of dollars of money from whatever happened to baby Jane because they could not, she fought against the movie getting an Oscar. All right. And that's the kind of person, that's the kind of petty, petty person Joan Crawford was. Yeah. And is that person worth celebrating or honoring (laughs) for gay people? I don't know. I think uh, pettiness has its place. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was, but that was a personal thing versus, uh, you know, people admire her for acting abilities, her creativity. There are many, many, many creative people who we love their art, but as people, they're horrible. You know, mm. Frank Sinatra, Beethoven, you wouldn't want to stop by his house. No, and, why? What's wrong with Beethoven? Oh, he, messy, and he was always irritable, and, you know, he's losing his hearing, and he'd leave plates of half-eaten fish laying around, so his apartment was, ooh. Oh, yeah. And he was hard, hard on his uh, cleaning women, too. So. And how old was Amadeus when he died? Like 35. 35, 35 years old. Like, you know, he was like a... I don't think people said young he was an man. asshole, yeah. though. <clears throat> no, but he was basically all his music that he was done. And he had a sister who was also, like, just as musically talented, but, you know, women Hello. were not allowed to do that right. and stuff. And they even say that he may have stolen some ideas from his sister. Ooh. Ooh. Back to that's conspiracies. You know, we've had a lot of adventures here on the show and more to come. Uh, one of the most exciting adventures is Mark going to Norway. Oh. Norway. Believe it or not. What are you going to Norway for? He went. I went. Oh, where did you go to Norway for? I was on a reality TV show there. You do that. Oh, I saw you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you can watch the audience yeah, wants I, to know I saw about it. it. I, yeah. yeah. It was all for Norga. They took like 12 of us Americans and took us back to Norway and put us in challenges based on language, culture, and history. And the winner got to meet their relatives and got some money. I didn't win. I was a semifinalist. And they, Top um, four. They did 10 seasons, and then they, they took a break. COVID happened, and now they're coming back uh, with an 11th season. I think uh, they're doing the casting now, and hopefully it'll air in the fall. So if you have a, a family of Norwegian ancestry and you've mm-hmm. never been to Norway, you can go on the greatest adventure the Great Norwegian Adventure, mm-hmm. also known as Alt for Norga. Right. And uh, it might be too late ship. to apply this year, but uh, next year, if they bring it back. Where what? can we see this? Uh, what network? YouTube. It, it was on uh, the Discovery Network in Norway. Okay. Uh, but now it's on. you can see it on YouTube. Just search uh, Alt for Norga season. Nine. I'm doing this for the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like people, Norwegians are not like. You know, when we think of a Westerners, we have entertainment and stuff, mm-hmm. and their entertainment is being out in nature. Um, oh, they love nature. They love nature. So, like, it's a beautiful country. In the summer, when, you know, theaters and people go to movies and all that stuff, Norwegians go camping. They go outside. Yeah. Do they do this nude? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> They're not, not like the Germans. The Germans are really the free body people. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there are some like nudist places in Norway, but I don't think it's as big a thing. Plus, it's kind of cold there. But the the relationship know? to celebrity is not the same way. And so they, they kind of think. They're more, they're very, Norwegians yeah. are very pragmatic and more down to earth. So they're not so going to become celebrity obsessed. So your OnlyFans show is not going to be like that. What, I've, Alt for Norga? No. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and for people who haven't seen it, basically it was like an Amazing I'm Race pl- style I'm plugging show. plugging the show. Yes. An Amazing Race style <laughs> show where you're um, having 
to eat weird things or solve a puzzle or climb a mountain or, mm-hmm. you know, find challenges. challenges. They put you through challenges. Yes. And the, and you almost got eliminated the first episode. Oh, it was heartbreaking. It was so hard. I was so, I was like, if I get eliminated, I'm going to be so mad. Cause it was my, you know, Julie, who I've become good friends with. And it was, uh, she's a little a bit musician. older than me, Julie uh, Cassiopo, uh, Seattle based uh, cabaret artist. So if you're ever in Seattle, definitely check out her act. Um, and she and I were paired with this younger, under 30, and they were just so filled with anxiety and just, they just like, it was hard to work with them. And luckily, uh, Julie and I made it through, but you know, cause we had to go through a, a challenge, like, cause our team lost. And so, uh, our team had to do another challenge and, uh, luckily she and I won cause I would have been so mad cause the other two kind of like, they really torpedoed us. But the, but the challenge that you were facing mm-hmm. at the end was sort of like uh, wheel of fortune meets jeopardy, you know? So it was like questions, trivia questions. And then you had to pull off. Yeah. A, like wheel of fortune, a, a piece of the puzzle to solve the, the to phrase, solve the puzzle. Yeah. It was puzzle. a photo though. Instead of words, it was a photo. And the photo turned out to be the first one was a troll, a, a, a troll doll. Yes. And they all thought that the, the, the photo was of a goat. Well, the first person that came up, the first person that came up, she answered. And I was just like, Oh man, she's going through and then but she got it wrong so it's like oh thank god now i have a, a two out of a three chance to make yeah. it and then julie got it and i was like oh damn so it was just down to me and isaac and i loved isaac i thought he was great i'm still friends with him on facebook i follow all his updates he's a a dog sled runner he's going to be in the iditarod this year which is amazing um and uh yeah i i snuck through at the very very end it was like such a a sigh of relief i you know but it was sad to see them go but i'm just kind of like you know, when it's either them or you, what are you going to do? And then through the, you know, through the weeks, you got to know your castmates better and you got to sort of reconnect with your own ancestry. That's very true. Yeah. And, and you so, know, Mark came back. He's like, I love Norway. And every Christmas he's always making Norwegian cookies and putting well, Norwegian the, flags over the house. It's the and, land of Christmas. Yeah. You know, that's where Christmas basically comes from. But this is something new that you brought into your life that we weren't celebrating at least until your experience on the show. Well, I mean, I, we always celebrate. <laughs> like, I always loved Norway. It's always been that way. <laughs> you never made Norwegian cookies for me until you we got made. A show. No, I never made those cookies yes. for you. No. And you made left. But we bread. did have those things like as a kid. Yeah. And so those are the kinds yeah. of things that we had as, as children which, in the house. Which side of the family? My dad's side of the family. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, what is the original surname? Did it get changed when they came to this country? Uh, so she married a Danish guy in Norway, and his last name was Ligard or Larsen. Okay. And but she was like they. So they usually take the parents' last name and then put like daughter on the end of it. So she was like a Johannes daughter. Okay. Okay, because she was a woman, right? Right. Otherwise, she'd be Johansson if she was a boy. And so it was it, not like uh, Uft, like the IKEA names, you know, Ufrubak, Vajikur, no, 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 no. Penis, no, Penis. There's a there's a, a a table called Penis and Vajikur and all this. Like no, I, I remember Vajikur, Penis and Jerker. No, it was Jerker was the name of the table. And you're just like, <laughs> what? Who's naming these things? You know, because they're mostly for a Western audience who speaks English, and you know, and so part of it is me think. Methinks that the uh, designers at IKEA are trying to make us say dirty words, you know, like Could- anus. <laughs> I think that's the name of a pillow <laughs> that's quilted 
to look like a rosebud. Uh, nice. So, uh, do you hear about it's the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Larry David, the writer for Saturday Night Live and creator and writer, ma- mastermind of Seinfeld. So he, so he says, but like they, they did a last season, what was it, a few years ago, and then they came back. So who knows? The search for more money. Is he? Yeah. Is he do? Is it the last season? Because he well, he lost Elmo all that money in pissed. crypto. So, so oh. what? He lost a bunch of money in crypto. On crypto. Yeah. Oh, did he? In real life, the or yeah. the character? Oh, Larry David. Yeah. Well, uh, crypto's back up this past week, like twenty percent. I hope he didn't sell it. Anyways, I don't know if it was crypto. Not but that it was I invested those, it or not, mm-hmm. but um, right. but uh, if you guys want to send us crypto, I'll send you my key. <laughs> Um, and so, so he was on the Today Show promoting the final season. He's doing the talk shows. Somebody I would love to talk to, uh, Larry David, and and Elmo from Sesame Street was also on the Today Show. When he insulted, seem yeah. seem an uh, seem an odd pairing. But Larry David was in the green room, and green rooms don't have locks. But so Larry David thought it would be really funny to come out and strangle Elmo. Because his voice was just driving me crazy, but he was trying to do something outrageous, you know, and and he's and 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 everyone's like, oh, you know, the internet outrage and stuff. It's like, look, this is a grown man. Kids are watching the show. The kids know that Elmo's a kid, and a grown man is strangling a child on television for laughs. And you know, Will Wheaton from Star Trek is like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, Larry David needs to seriously apologize. Not to Elmo, but to children and to parents. Because I'm sure parents all over the world are like, or the United States that watch the Today Show are like trying to comfort their three-year-old who's screaming, you know, why is Elmo being strangled? You know, for real, you know? Ah, but Homer Simpson strangles Bart all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's a show mostly aimed at adults, you know? The Today Show is like, you know. That's not even a children. And the the real crisis is that, you know, a lot of kids are just playing in front of a television set or an iPad, and they're just watching whatever's there. But Larry David, what did Larry say? He goes, I, he hates puppets. Isn't that what he said? I yeah. hate puppets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I choked I do pup. it again. <laughs> are puppets the American mime? Mm. What? You what know, are you mimes, about? you know how... Like, mimes are mimes. Hate mimes. Oh, because mimes used to be very popular and used to be the punchline of a lot of, like, right. you know, TV shows and movies and... Uh, Elton John had mimes in uh, I'm Still Standing, the music video. And that was filmed in the French Riviera. You know? <laughs> You're and nobody's this. complaining about mimes then. <laughs> yeah, miming just isn't as big as like when we were kids. But we just didn't have as much going on back then, you know? It was easy to hate on mimes, you know? Yeah. But it's like, part of it is because they're busking, you know? People are just annoyed by buskers, you know? People hate having to pay for entertainment they think they should get for have free you seen on the, the street. Have you seen the guys here yeah. on in the middle of the street? They run out with a five-gallon bucket, stand on it, and then they juggle, and then they go and try and yeah. collect. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have seen a street performers, yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. in the middle of traffic, you yeah. know, like yeah, yeah. on Peterson or Western. Or, that makes me worried because it's like, you know, people are doing juggling in the middle of traffic. It's dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. It's dangerous mm-hmm. for the... For all everyone, the drivers and the the jugglers, you know, it's like I'm pretty good at like avoiding them because like if I see somebody like uh, you know asking for money in the middle of the street, I just like I don't pull up to them, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they start walking walking towards you and stuff like that, then I pull forward so they have to go to the car behind me. <laughs> Did you, have you noticed that on Peterson and Clark, 
uh, those guys, there were like two brothers, twin they brothers. They disappeared. They've disappeared. What happened to them? I don't know. I've heard they had a bad drug addiction. Oh. Maybe they OD'd from fentanyl. I don't know. I don't know. So for people that don't know, there's these two intersections not too far from each other, and they're they look like the same person, but I guess they're brothers. And one uh, one panhandles in one area, and one panhandles at the other one. And some people well, really the one hate has them. a limp. And yeah, right. and they find them very aggressive. So now they've disappeared. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't know, because that person might be scaring somebody away that's even worse. It's interesting. No one's replaced them in that intersection. Uh, I think I saw somebody not too oh, long ago. Okay. Because yeah. people are very. Uh, Covetous of their spot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, don't. That's my corner. Don't work my corner. Don't work my corner. Right. right. Well, and, and some uh, famous musicians started out as street performers. I mean, uh, Tracy Chapman, Ed Sheeran, Rod Stewart, Jewel, Janis Joplin, Victoria Lamar. <laughs> I played on the uh, CTA platform. Dude, you have a house. A long know? time ago. Well, barely, but that's another story. You know, it, it, so people ha- get frustrated when they they feel pressure to to give money to something they're getting for free that entertains or enriches them. And I want to just say thank you to all the listeners uh, for the last 20 years that have financially supported this podcast because without you, we would not be here. Without a doubt. Your contribution to the show is what makes this show happen. And the best way to do that is to become a Plus member at FeastOfFun.com slash Plus or visit us at Patreon for the ad-free experience at Patreon.com slash FeastOfFun. And soon to come on OnlyFans, you can also listen to the podcast without any ads because that's part of the thing is like people like listening to the podcast for free. They're like, and now your mortgage, blah, 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 blah. You know, and you're just like, oh my. And the, and the volume is never the same. Like they just... I, I think they just do it intentionally just to, like, fuck with you, you know, the, the, these ad, ad companies and stuff. And so if you don't like ads, uh, you can, for just a couple bucks a month, you know, go to patreon.com slash Feast of Fun or soon to be OnlyFans. If you already on those platforms and look at porn. Porn. <laughs> I, wa- I want to know what I'm getting in, in these episodes. Is there like a little, will there be a little description uh, you know, uh, I will make some content available for free so you can see what you're getting. Because a lot of these, like, platforms, they're just like, subscribe to get to, you know, see this guy rub his dick. And, and I'm just like, <laughs> we can see his face. You can see his hand. You can see other things. You know, it doesn't have to be all private, you know. And actually, what's interesting is that a lot, because Facebook, Twitter, Instagram have either become right-wing platforms or platforms where you can't show the whole body, uh, you're kind of stuck with what you can say and do, you know? And thankfully, yeah, as of the recording this podcast today, we still can freely express ourselves and talk about whatever we like on the show. But it's, it, it could happen that in the future, um, as AI gets more sophisticated, they start, you know, putting that same kind of pressure on podcasts. And so moving to platforms where those restrictions are not as uh, aggressive like um, just for fans or only fans uh, is is probably we're all going to have to be there sooner or later, and, and f- fortunately or unfortunately, you know. And and it's like uh, and so when you go there now, there's a lot of free content that you don't need to subscribe to see, and it's like the internet just hog wild, you know. And there's like you know there's what I think is what the most fascinating thing is uh, cooking shows with porn stars. 
Because they're all like, oh, I'm going to make brownies. And they're so moist and delicious. These are healthy. And their boobies are hanging out, you know. And she's like, I'm going to put this in the hot oven. Oh, I'm pulling it out and popping it into my mouth. Mm, so Is the good. oven her vagina? Yeah. The oven. She's actually doing a cooking oh. show. But she's talking like a porn star. So it's hilarious, you know. And so you have a lot of, like, you know, wacky, off-color, offbeat content that wouldn't be blacked or, you know, uh, blocked or banned on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, so on and so forth, uh, thriving in these platforms. So it's it's an interesting space to participate in. And certainly, like, a space that, you know, isn't just for sexually prurient content. It also can be for artistic expression. Performance art, honeys. Yeah, so Taylor E. Ross, not Taylor. Sorry to pull the switcheroo with <laughs> people thought uh, it was Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, they were really thinking it was Taylor Swift. Yeah, on the yeah I fooled wow, them. Yeah. They got a real guest yeah. on there today, huh? <laughs> you got Taylor Swift. And sh- and, and right the day, after the Super Bowl? Wow. After, yeah, she should be having sex with her boyfriend. Instead, she's here with us Aww. talking to us. I appreciate that. Thank you, Taylor oh, Swift. I have, a, I have a Taylor Swift question. Okay. What is it? Do you think she performs oil oral sex? Jesus. <laughs> That's a, from zero to hundred. Because of her throat. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but she, I do know a very famous drag queen who since the 80s has not sucked a dick without a condom on it. Uh, she talks and, about that in her I'm act. very happy to tell you that. And I just think, you know, because there's a lot of people that use a condom for anal sex, but they're like, ah, oral, whatever. But um, I, she might be careful. I don't know. And her last name rhymes with funny. Yes. And her first name rhymes with lady. Oh, yes. shit. It is lady. <laughs> lady funny. Yeah. <laughs> lady funny. Yes. I don't put it. Yeah. She, lady bunny doesn't like to uh, um, use do anything sexual without. Protection. Prophylactics. Without latex barriers on it. Mm-hmm. In fact. Uh, the only thing she sticks in her mouth is food, clearly, <laughs> without her protection. <laughs> now, you uh, you uh, are now working as a Suzuki teacher. Uh, people don't know what that is. Uh, so Suzuki is the, uh, can you just, in a f- don't Putin me, <laughs> give, me, give me like a one sentence answer. Like, what is Suzuki method? It is using the mother tongue to... Uh, of or uh, create musical literacy, right? Yeah. In other words, children learn to speak by hearing their parents speak. They can learn music by hearing music, and we listen to, to recordings of the pieces that we are learning. You are responsible for me yeah. becoming a Suzuki teacher because my mother is. When we yeah. no, when me. we first yes, you it was me. You I shit. <laughs> Because you said I grew up would, in that method. Yeah. You grew yeah. yes, you grew up in that method, yeah. and you said, you know what, you would make a good Suzuki teacher. And I went, huh. And so I went and took the teacher training, and I've been doing it for seventeen years now. Oh wow! Well, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, who studied uh, more traditional music music education methods, it, it's all about sort of like learning how to do sight reading with sheet music, and. I think it's very important to learn that uh, that musical literacy. Well, but, eventually, but the do. Beatles never learned how to read sheet music, true, you know. True. And part of it is like music is a an acoustic language, and so treating it as a language and approaching it that way is very uh, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's also the idea that you know 
all kids have the potential to discover music inside themselves. And, and this idea that you doing something for the personal growth and for the pleasure of it is just as valuable as doing something professionally. Like a lot of people don't understand why you would want to learn how to play the piano if you're not going to be a, a professional musician. Oh, no, no. I, you know, if I make a musician, that's great. I'm just trying to make better people. Yeah, Aww. that's a great way. And you know what's interesting? In the, in the I, last... I'm not trying to bullshit you. I'm just, I believe you. Know, you. Yeah. I, if I make a musician, that's great. Yeah. But, you know, you... That's you, not the goal. Right. And plus there are neurological benefits to... Uh, about learning how to problem solve that come as an offset of, uh, or an up, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a byproduct of learning music. Mm -hmm. Resilience. Right. Yeah, you be able to overcome obstacles because you have that language, that tool. And I, just understanding what music mm -hmm. is. Were you, or yeah. were you good at doing 20 repetitions, Final Stone? When what, what is a 20 repetition? You're so? supposed to, you know, when you're learning a, you know, a phrase. A passage or of yeah, music. You're supposed to repeat it 20 times. Perfectly. And we, if you didn't, you had to go back oh, and start Oh, yeah, it we again. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, no. thanks for bringing up trauma. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you were the one who turned me on yeah. to it. And I have learned so much more about music from a teaching it and learning this method and learning from the, uh, the young people, uh, that I have worked with. Well, and as a musical direct theater director, as a, as a person who's written musicals, uh, and had to have people who had don't have musical training, uh, perform them. It, you know, the Suzuki method has been, uh, very critical in actually getting people to do the material that I have. Right. So I can't just put sheet music in front of them and be like, okay, follow the notes. Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting too, like uh, recently with the bodybuilding contest, um, it re really reminded me of those Suzuki workshops where all the kids play one song at, at, in the recital, you know? Right. It's like no matter how good or bad you are, you're going to be able to get your one song on that stage. And well, that's valuable just to get in front of, exactly. whether, it's gr whether you play it brilliantly or you don't. You get up there and you do it, and that is important. And if you that, paid your fee for the bodybuilding show, you get a minute to show off your body and flex to your chosen musical score, just like a Suzuki thing. And it, and it creates a very wholesome, very inclusive environment when you have that happening. And so for me, it was like, you know, doing that show felt very... It felt very um, like going back home, you know? And I, and I wish that my parents... Um, where uh, my father's not alive anymore and my mother's, you know, uh, has dementia. And so she's not able to fully understand what's going on, you know? And, and so to me, it was like, you know, I was bringing them on that stage for, or, and having that experience. And, and it was a bittersweet moment when I won that silver medal. Cause it was like, you know, I wish they could be there to celebrate with me, but luckily I had my husband. Oh, I'm here. Cause my other, I call him my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and our friend Mark Welsh and his friend uh, Terry. Terry were also there and, and other people who listen to the podcast, Let's Grow Big Together, um, were there celebrating with us. Yes, so, congratulations. On so that. it was a big, big accomplishment. And so as a consequence uh, of that, I'm, I'm also offering uh, bodybuilding coaching or athletic coaching and for people of all ages and genders and uh, in having a very, you know, Suzuki method approach towards bodybuilding. So, 
and, and just making it, you know, understandable and approachable for people. So, you know, um, they say that the, the most important things in your life happen at this, at this time, you know, when you're, when your hair's gone silver, that's where the Nobel Peace Prizes show up. That's where you make your best work in life and, and where um, you create the biggest impact on the world. So for you, Taylor, and for Mark, um, what would you guys like to see be the impact that you leave behind for people? That's a tough one. Taylor? Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I thought about that. And in, in my students that I've worked yeah. with, I've, I've hoped that, you know, they'll remember that crazy p- piano t- uh, instructor that they had who in- tried to inspire them to emote, be creative, to express themselves at, uh, at an optimal level. Yeah, the future uh, artists of, of tomorrow or people who see the world through an artist's eyes are your students. And, right. And you have such a profound ability to shape them. Right. That people don't understand that. Like working with children can be a very satisfying and wonderful experience. Oh, it's uh, – I can't speak enough about how how much joy it does give me. Even, you know – I have, you know, students with bad lessons and, you know, they don't practice or things like that. But I keep, you know, it never defeats me to keep trying with Mm -hmm. them. Well, I just love working with children sometimes. And it's like, like I I do tech support for a a big tech company. And so I deal with people of all ages. And when I have like, like I had at work uh, two brothers that look like they were Ripped out of the Goonies, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like characters from a Steven Spielberg movie. And like, it was interesting just watching the interplay between the two brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just like, uh, you know, I, I was t- talking to them about the, those virtual reality goggles. And I said to them, well, you got to be careful because if you die when you're playing the video game, you die in real life. You know, reference the Matrix, mm-hmm. and their eyes got so big, and I was like, "I'm just kidding." Yeah, but it was like you have to be really careful, like when you talk to children, because you know, just like Larry David, it's like they're gonna take things very literally. I have yeah. to, you know, lot, many times I'm trying to express yeah. an idea or trying yeah. to get them to do something, and I have to remember their view of the world is at. And learning is at this level, it's and how sincere. do they understand? Yeah. And I have to make sure that I am thinking like them or relating to them. Yeah. Uh, I mm. make up all these metaphors, and some of them they get, and some of them they don't. And so I, or I try and help them come up with their own metaphor of how does this passage sound to you, or can you think of a character from Disney or you know whatever that represents this little passage of music or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to be celebrating this important milestone with you, Taylor Ross. I, you know, yeah. hey, I, I haven't seen you or we haven't sat down for a while. And every time I sit down with you and Mark, it's like, you know, we had the conversation yesterday and I feel it's just as close to you as ever. Oh, that's what friends are. Yeah. You know, that's it how it's change. supposed to feel. Right. That's what friends are for. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Taylor, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you and for keep, having uh, me on. teaching those kids and keep uh, working with drag queens. 
I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be working with drag queens. No? Oh, because yeah. it's overly saturated? Maybe I'll try a drag king on for size, maybe. No, no, I think I might, you know, regular civilian people who are musicians. Okay. <laughs> He's working okay. with royalty. Royalty. Well, actually, you know, you're born naked and the rest is drag, so we're technically all exactly. in drag. Right? If you're mm. wearing clothes, you're doing drag. Gender's just a letter on your driver's license. Thank you. I mean, Mark, what do you want uh, people you know, accomplish in your golden years. What do I want to accomplish? Yeah, you're, just saying, you're older now than you, B. Arthur was when she was starring oh, the Golden Girls. Oh, please stop. Stop. So please. <laughs> Maybe I just want a cheesecake on the lanai. Uh, your car is not too far behind his. Mm-hmm. And the brakes, <laughs> Same here. And the know? brakes are <laughs> not working. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, the thing about it is that we've accomplished so mm-hmm. much so far, you know, and it's There's like. There's still projects to work on. You know. Mm-hmm. There's what? still things to do, still projects to work on, still podcasts to put out. Yeah. Well, part of it is like I want, uh, you know, remember the word fun in Feast of Fun, that fun is political. Um, and I want our audience and us to have more fun, mm-hmm. to have more joy in our everyday life. So that's why you want to subscribe to your OnlyFans. Yeah, it's going to be a fun platform, you know. And part of it is like I just, you know, experience these like new virtual reality goggles and glasses and it's like a platform and the thing i want to do is just watch porn (laughs) with it it was like it was a weird you know when you were transported into a space that was like a beachfront or a circus or kids playing soccer in front of rhinoceroses you're just like going oh my god you know like we have the ability to bring people into experiences and places that they normally couldn't go before then they may have been too scared to go to before. So, you know, as, as sort of the internet sort of like, you know, changing our live, our public spaces, our public spaces can actually be brought now into people's homes through the internet. So it's, it's a really um, wonderful opportunity to create something really cool and exciting. And so I'm really uh, what my mouth is watering to start an OnlyFans. And, mm. and just for fans and see where that uh, takes us and our audience too. Where are your goggles? What? I can't afford Coming. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, the Don't thing about it. Don't you get a is, discount? No. Oh. Uh, so, so part of it is like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the future is here today. And, and as, as it becomes more affordable and more accessible, you know, you think about like smartphones when they first came the out. The price will come down. The price will come down, but also, you know. The, the technology will be better. They'll be better. So, you know, and now's the time to sort of like start thinking about that. You the know, porn will look re- realer in. When that jizz comes at your face, <laughs> you're going to dodging, but you can't because it's 3D, you know. Right. It's just like Jaws when it comes at you, you know. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. There's going to be like, think of Jaws in 3D with big titties is basically what it's going to be. <laughs> Mark, uh, happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day, I know Day you're, you're uh, um, uh, excited to celebrate. I am excited. What are you two doing? I don't know. We'll probably get a little bite to eat. Uh, I don't know. We might get some sushi take home. I, I, I'm i hesitant to go out and dine on Valentine's Day because it's kind of like going out on New Year's Eve. Exactly. It's that same kind of thing, yeah. So where are you going tomorrow night? Tomorrow night? Uh, unfortunately, I'm working tomorrow night. Oh. So yeah. yeah. We'll not, figure it's it out. It's not with your guma. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And, and remember, uh, Feast of Fun is a production of Feast of Fun. But we also have a, another podcast called Let's Grow Big Together. And you can subscribe to that on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or 
Spotify or wherever you find fabulous shows. And if you like our podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts where you can find us yeah. and have some fun, honey. Yay! Bye, everybody. Bye.